Hello, foodies, and welcome to the Dining on a Dime podcast. We give you the latest foodie news, give you tips to help you save on monthly food budgets, and we'll throw in some recipes and cookie tips, too. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Wilson and John Cole. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest podcast in the history of this great sport. My name's Kevin Wilson. Here's what you're going to hear. Uh, we're going to start the first segment uh, by giving you regional foods. So we're going to go state by state and tell you what those states are most popular for. Uh, it's kind of fun. It's kind of a fun game. Today we're going to start our – it's going to be the first week of our trivia contest. I'm going to ask you a foodie trivia question. All you got to do is email diningonadime at yahoo.com, and the first person to give us an email uh, with the correct answer is going to get a brand-new Dining on a Dime T-shirt. Uh, which are available if you come to Samosa Vegetarian every Friday at 1 o'clock. We play a trivia game there, and we are giving out shirts. If you answer the trivia question today, uh, you will receive a shirt. Uh, I want to let everyone know this is a total national show because we've been doing a lot of local shows lately. So we had listeners in California. We had listeners in New Mexico and Kenya this week. If you follow me on Facebook. You sure that's not Kentucky? And <laughs> are you reading that right? But if you follow us on Facebook, KJW25 uh, slash on Facebook, uh, you'll see the photos of the uh, listeners around the country. I post them every day on my, uh, on my Facebook uh, page. Okay. Total... National Foodie Show. So every segment will be national. Jim and John Cole is my co-host. He is a legend in the food truck game. He is also... That's actually true, by the way. That's not like hyperbole. <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> and he's also a legend, food, a legendary food uh, restaurant consultant. So that's who my co-host is. Jim Hassan is the guy making your favorite foods at a lot of restaurants, as John will tell you. Uh, Jim is best known for his gig as being the grill master at Grubhouse Philly inside the Bourse building. Jim is our resident chef expert. Jim but, is kind of known for just having a lot of jobs. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We get emails from people that love Grubhouse. His so time can, card is like a deck of cards. Yeah, but somebody's, somebody's eating his food because we have had several emails. Everybody's about, eating his food. Yeah. If you worked in eight places. <laughs> right. And the, and, I, I try to make the odds better for myself. By <laughs> spreading, odds are three of these guys. Spreading my <laughs> it's the only way I can be thin is to spread myself thin. And then our next co-host is food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Every good. I was just gonna say, hey everyone. <laughs> so uh, she is the one taking the best photos in the city. We just did a live show for Mama Maria's, and we got nothing but great emails about the quality of the photos. Uh, if you do a live show with us, uh, contact Dining on a Dime at Yahoo.com, and uh, if she's available, she'll give you professional quality food photos. So I'm segment one. Amaris is segment two. Uh, we're all uh, John is segment three and Jim is segment four. Everybody has their own segment. I want to make sure everyone understands this is a national show today. I've already instructed our staff that there will be 10, uh, 10 penalty points for anyone that mentions local topics. Okay, regional foods. What state has the most popular food? What are they known for? Let's get going. All right, we left off in Connecticut. So I've already told these guys Delaware. So here's the trivia question for the meet, uh, for the for the listeners. The first person to email diningonadime at yahoo.com will receive a fifty thousand dollar T-shirt that I just got. But you pulled out. There's no expenses spared with that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you will receive a T-shirt. First person to answer this trivia question correctly, and I will send you a T-shirt, dining on a dime T-shirt. Here's the question for the listeners at home. The trivia question. What is Delaware best known for? What food is Delaware, the state of Delaware, uh, best known for? So if you, first person to email, dining on a dime, yahoo.com. I will send you this $50,000 T-shirt, uh, dining on a dime T-shirt. This sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> the winner is going to be like, all I got is the shirt. Where's the 50K? <laughs> right. That's true. All right. Ready? Uh, this is for our panel. What is Florida? 
best known for? What food? Florida man. Oh, yeah. food. Okay. Cuban, probably like a Cubano. Like a... I was going to say something. <laughs> Come on, Latin man. Are you guys so looking many... at my notes? No. It's Cuban food. Yeah. If you, it's, you sure? Well, well, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Florida is kind of like 50% people that get chased by alligators and <laughs> gets recorded on the internet. Right. And the other half Love is Cuban people food. that have kind of moved north from Cuba. That's true. If more people could catch the alligators, then the national, <laughs> then their food oh, would be alligator. Oh, like a gator Cubano, yeah, yeah. right? All right. Let's go on to the next one. Georgia. What is the most I mean, well-known food from Georgia? A peach. No. Or a peanut. <laughs> peanut, maybe? No. Good. Amherst? Maybe grits? No, but key lime. Of, huh? <laughs> You're almost there, Jim. It's a peach cobbler. Okay. Oh, uh, that's oh. the other one I was gonna guess. <laughs> we want to get a lot of these done, so you only got two seconds. <laughs> Our engineer just walked away from yeah, his he desk. He's so disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What is the most well-known food from Hawaii? Poi. No. Or uh, poke. Uh, Hawaii. No. Hmm. Good. Anyone else? Uh, I don't know. It might be um, something with macadamia dots, maybe. Mm. Nope. And it's something that... Oh, spam. I, yeah! You, spam. Oh, oh yeah. Spam. No! Man. And everyone, you can play from home, too. So uh, I've been over to Hawaii several times. I've and never the things they there. do with spam... Um, spam masubi. It's spam. There's spam and sushi. I love tacos. Masubi. Um During, real quickly, because I can tell everybody's going to be like, why spam and why Hawaii? Real quick, yeah, go ahead. during World War II, they were kind of cut off. They didn't have the cattle industry then that they have now. Now you can get Kobe beef and a few other kind of high-quality cups of meat from cattle they have there. They didn't have that in the 30s and 40s. World War II busts out, Japanese all over the place. Uh, suddenly, there wasn't quite so much shipping going back and forth. One thing that was easy to ship was canned meat. Oh, well. The company that, run, that, that owns Spam... Like a lot of companies pitched in during the war after Pearl Harbor, they sent like a bazillion cans over the stuff of stuff, and that was their meat. That was everything. That was their pork, their beef, uh, their chicken. So almost any dish you can imagine, there's a spam version of it in Hawaii. It's like a Hawaiian pork roll. Yeah, right. <laughs> it really is Hawaiian pork roll. But he makes a great point. This is why uh, this little conversation is actually uh, very informative because I bet you a lot of people didn't know that. Right, there's reasons for every all the exactly. regional foods. Yeah. And I have a buddy of mine who was in the military for like 25 years, and he says this is one of the most famous ration food i guess they eat food that is mre yeah many years old okay I, this is easy you're gonna get this jim so i'm just gonna talk to you idaho what is the most famous food in idaho i guess something potato based yeah, like potato. french fries yeah it's potato i mm -hmm. shouldn't even ask that that's so simple oh what is the beautiful state we had listeners in illinois what is illinois made, uh, known for the, I mean, if you're going to Chicago, there could be the... Um, it's a generic. It's not a specific food. It's just the generalized. Food. What do you think, John Cole? Illinois? Illinois. Milk. Milk. <laughs> 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 no, that's going to probably be... Oh, Wisconsin is cheese. Right, but, Wisconsin is cheese. Um, and the listeners at home? Illinois also... is one of the things I know from going to Hash House. Um, they're in Vegas, they're in Florida, they're here in our backyard sure. in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, Illinois is known for like a pork chop sandwich. Exactly, but they're saying a generalized thing, but you're on the right road. What do you think? Meat. It's meat. I'd say pork, I guess. It's meat. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just meat. It's just meat in general. They're not allowed to get that. Wait a second. If you watch Saturday Night Live, or Fauna, oh, I mean, if yeah. you guys watch Saturday Night Live, Mike Ditka, yeah, with the guy, they would eat meat. So, all right, let's go. Indiana. This is hard. I would never guess this in a million years. Hoosiers. So um, we're going to give each person one guess with this because this is, I never knew any of this. Go ahead. Jim, Illinois. You said Indiana. Or Indiana. Indiana. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm going to say ham. <laughs> no, it, it's something you would never think of. John Cole, I, uh, Indiana. Indiana? Indiana. Corn? Nope. Amherst, Indiana. I mean, 
I, I've never even been to Indiana. <laughs> uh, hello to the great listeners in Indiana. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you're saying that it's something that we wouldn't even... I would never it's think of It's probably something you can eat at a basketball game. It's a thinking. dessert. I'll give you a tip. It's a dessert. Oh, dessert. It's, I was going to go with a dessert. I guess. So, um, I don't know, like chocolate cake or something? You're close. It's sugar cream pie, which I okay. never even knew. This is See, this is why the listeners at home are... Putting their ear right up to right. the radio. No, okay. now they're switching the radio off going, <laughs> this guy's made me feel like, like I'm a dumbass, so thanks. Appreciate right. that. Uh, Iowa, I think you guys guessed this. Iowa, what's famous food from Iowa? What are they most popular Corn. for? Corn. Absolutely. Although I've actually been to Iowa, mm-hmm. and while corn is an ingredient, they're another state that's enormous for pork. Oh, okay. They have steakhouses, but for pork out there, I think for especially the sh- in the quad. I think for the area. show that I watched about like regional foods, there was something called a loose meat sandwich, sandwich. at Roseanne from, Bar from Iowa, and basically it was like a sloppy Joe with nothing in it. Like it just just and I believe when beef. Roseanne was popular, she bought a restaurant that sold uh, loose meat loose sandwich. meat sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. All right, now Kansas. <laughs> now we're not the guy who mistaked. Kansas for Kansas City. This is the state of Kansas. Oh, no. <laughs> so who, what do you think, Jim Passon? What is Kansas most known for? What are they most popular for? I mean, barbecue, right? Or uh, No, no, no. Kansas City, you're thinking. This is right, Kansas, but, state okay. of Kansas. Um, torna- uh, tornadoes. Um, <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Milkshake. Um, John Cole. Go ahead, Mammers. I was going to say maybe, maybe chicken. Nope. John Cole. No, I was going to say... Fried chicken championship is usually in Kansas City, so if it's not fried chicken, no, I don't know what it is. No, it's the state of Kansas. Oh, I know. That's oh, okay. Steve. And that, that would also be why I guessed chicken. <laughs> yeah. John, what do you think? You've been a world traveler. What do you think? Kansas. Uh, like I said, the times I've been to Kansas, not Kansas City, but Kansas, right. like Topeka, they have the fried chicken championship Oh, there. I didn't know that. So I was going to guess it would be fried chicken. How about that? I didn't know that. No, it's bread. Okay. Really? Just yeah. straight up bread? bread? This is why we have this I mean, segment. Carbs. Yeah, I love yeah, carbs. <laughs> but seriously, this is why we have this segment because there are some fascinating stuff. Now we're talking about what is the most popular. I don't food. Get like where, what is who are they, what are inter- they known for? Who are they interviewing? And yeah, right. Exactly. Like, exactly. Because I would have never thought Kansas. And obviously, you all know Kentucky. What is Kentucky? Bourbon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, I like John's idea. Yeah. That's actually a smart... Yeah, I was going to say fried chicken, but it I'm going to go with bourbon. No, it's fried chicken, but it, that's actually smart. Uh, smart answer. Now everybody thinks we're good, alcoholics. Yeah. Well, excuse me, the vegetarians are still eating drinking bourbon, so I'm reasonably sure. Louisiana. What is Louisiana known for, Jim Hassan? Um, gumbo, maybe. Nice pick. John Cole. Uh, Louisiana. Maybe jambalaya if it's mm. not gumbo. It's a su- southern food, but not that amorous. Can't, uh, well, John kind of took mine, so okay. um, but it's I a was, southern food. I was gonna go with some sort of comfort food because it seems like a place, but um, shrimp and grits. I'm gonna go with the grits thing again. Okay, there's, mm. there are a few grits, but the beignets not. or uh, nope, Louisiana with New Orleans. No, I would say the same thing. No, crawfish is yeah, the uh, best-known food from Louisiana. I was a quarter of the way there. <laughs> well, that makes sense, though, because, the, for example, of, um, if you go to restaurants, there's one somewhere in Delaware that they have a— uh, uh, like sort of, it's sort of like a southern restaurant, but not. And crawfish etouffee is like their big, like they've got one dish for each southern state. I right. think the restaurant is simply called Eat. It's you know on ninety five when I you're heading up that, and yeah. down from you know New York to Florida, but wherever. See, I mean that, that makes sense. You know the crawfish, meat and bread do not make sense. You got, you got to narrow it down, <laughs> right. states. Yeah, I know. And uh, everyone knows Maine. You know Maine. I mean lobster roll. Yeah, no lobster. Okay. Are Mar- you supposed to say that with an accent? Uh-huh. Lobster. <laughs> Lobster roll. And then Maryland. What do you think, Maryland? It's These are crab the most cakes. Uh, crab. So you got it. So- I don't know. They, 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 these states are, need to are be we more looking for specific. dishes or ingredients? No, no. These are the uh, most popular food from each region. That's what they say. Yeah. I mean, it's I will do more, one more. of these places is going to come down to like carbon. <laughs> but we got one. We got 30 seconds left in the segment. Massachusetts. What do you think the best known Boston thing? Boston Mass, um, Dunkin' Donuts, uh, beer. Beer. beer, beer. What do you think, John? Um, I'm gonna go with clams. You are correct. Clam uh, chowder. Clam chowder. Clam chowder. chowder. 
All right. Well, that is our game, and we're going to do that every other show uh, from the studio. And this gives you, you know, it's a nice game. It kind of until we run out of until we run out of stage. Out of stage. <laughs> uh, but this will happen in uh, every other show. This way, if you're at home and you love trivia, you can join us, uh, play some trivia, and uh, see how good you are. But the first person to email diningonandimeyahoo.com with the answer to the most popular food from Delaware. Uh, we'll receive a dining on a dining Yeah, we're t-shirt. in Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> <But> we'll, re- <laughs> we'll receive a dining on a dime T-shirt. Taylor, just so you know, you are allowed quality to participate. Wayne's World reference. <laughs> you got a microphone out there. You can play the game also. All right, folks, let's go to a commercial. We'll be back with Amherst Pop. A cup of joe or perhaps a spot of tea. You'll find them both at the 15th annual Coffee and Tea Festival being held on March 21st and 22nd at the Brooklyn Expo Center. Join in on the fun at New York's biggest, best, and longest running coffee and tea sampling events. Tickets and information at coffeeandteafestival.com. Join more than 75 exhibitors from around the nation as they pour tastings of their finest coffees and teas and introduce introduce you to new and award-winning products as seen on the Food Network. Now, the event includes coffee and tea sampling plus seminars from well-known industry insiders and pioneers. The exhibit hall will also feature some of the most delicious and dunkable sweet and savory foods to complement the local and national coffees and teas. Tickets are limited, so grab yours today at coffeeandteafestival.com, March 21st and 22nd at the Brooklyn Expo. If you're mad about lattes, then this is your event. To learn more, go to our website, and for tickets at coffeeandteafestival.com. That's okay. We are back. Uh, segment two is about to start. I want to remind everyone uh, we had such a great time with Starfish Junction Productions at the Craft Beer Festival yesterday. We did a live show, and it'll be played on our platform. Uh, I just want to thank Starfish Junction Productions. That commercial we just played is another event, great event, Coffee and Tea Festival, uh, March 21st and 22nd at the Brooklyn Expo Center. Get your tickets today. I'm pretty sure Rideshare Jim is still on his bender (laughs) from yesterday. So uh, look out for that show. Our second segment is about to begin. Amherst Pollock, go ahead. Um, so I actually just wanted to talk a little bit about St. Patty's Day that's coming up. Um, everyone in the U.S., you know, everyone's going to be Irish for one day. But um, it's it's a great celebration. It, it's a great time. You can go out and find parades that are going on in your city, in your town. You can find deals. You can, you know, make dishes that are related to St. Patty's Day, some of them traditional, some of them maybe you can use one of your regional foods and, sure. get, and you know, make a twist on on something. But, you know, something that I love making is um, a Guinness brisket. Um slow cook it in a for I usually cook it for a really long time so it's just it falls apart and you're like oh my god that's tender and you know based on that I also utilize Guinness um which is a nice strong stout that I that infuses it and the the beer the alcohol itself um softens the meat and tenderizes it you know a little bit more um I like to add spices into it that you know just kind of tweaks it gives it a little added flavor like one of my secret things that I do is I'll put a little bit of coffee grinds in there you know it'll add some nice a nice um smooth kind of sometimes mocha taste into it Mm. depending on what coffee you use but um as far as you know celebrating it across the U.S. you know it's it's a great time as I mentioned you can look up online to see what your your township what your city is doing 
Um, some places that have rivers will turn the river green. You know, everybody's going to be out celebrating all day long. Um, and you can find things like bangers and mash specials at restaurants that you're, that you, you know, are local to you. Um, and shepherd's pie, you know, look for like beer deals. You can go anywhere and find anything. It is a day to celebrate. Well, they stretch St. Patrick's Day. It doesn't matter where you live in this country. Um, They really stretch it into everything. I've been down in Texas on St. Patrick's Day, and they have something that are called like shamrock poppers. And they're just jalapeno poppers, and they they dye the cream cheese green. And, of course, they are just ripping hot. Anything to get you to drink the green beer. Um, in, I've been to Chicago, I've been in Chicago on St. Patrick's day and the situation where they will drop like a zillion gallons of food coloring in the river. Uh Um, and all the vendors along the river follow suit. People will have, uh, you know, like green chowder. People will have green burgers. I saw, believe it or not, I saw like dogs, like dirty water dogs being cooked in green water. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we could you want to kind of question whether or not I wanted to eat that hot dog. That's what I'm thinking. I know Chicago is. It's a good time to get rid of your old moldy food. That's what I'm thinking of. Mold <laughs> is not, you know, and, and, and moldy too. adjacent. <laughs> um, we used to have in um, down in Atlantic City every year, they one of the casinos would do a burger and its sister casino in Las Vegas would do the same burger. And it was like a green cheeseburger. And oh, wow. for years, I it was just kind of like an off brand of blue cheese or whatever. But for years, they would have it. And for years, nobody would buy it. When I was younger, I used to work in and around Atlantic City. And I would watch people. And nobody wanted this thing. (laughs) They'd be like, oh, we melted this great green cheese. You know, I'm like, settle down, Lucky Charms. Nobody wants moldy (laughs) cheese on a burger. Can you just put corned beef on the burger? That's what I'm thinking, man. If we're going to make a burger Irish. I'll tell you what, that's a great idea, actually. Well, um, my brother-in-law runs a restaurant in Claremont, Florida, in Central Florida. Um, Multiple times. They've been named um, Central Florida Gastropub of the Year, fan favorite by the local newspaper down there. And he has a St. Patrick's or Irish burger he does. And that's exactly what they do. Irish cheddar, corned beef, sitting on like a half pound patty. And that to me is maybe a little bit more what you want to do than I was in, um, I was in Salt Lake City, St. Patrick's Day. I was like 25, 26 years old. And they're doing like these weird shamrock shaped pretzels oh, wow. and candy apple dipped. But instead of it being red, it's green. And I'm just watching. And this is years and years and years, like 30, 35 years. I've been watching this. People go up to these foods and with the exception of green beer, everything gets turned away. So I'm always wondering on March 18th. Where'd all the green food go? You know what I mean? Like, I saw you do green pizza. I will say this. um, Both locally and in California, they do green pizzas. And the green sauce is usually some kind of pesto. Pesto. Basil pesto, um, you know, jalapeno pesto, something along those lines. Um, And that those are actually really good. If they're done well, they're really good. I don't want to completely bag on green food, but... (laughs) You know, I mean, I, I heard there were some rumors about green Oreos. Look, man, you guys have messed with Oreos enough. Yeah, really. Nothing needs to be green in an Oreo. Leave them alone. Totally true. I, I like this time of year because uh, I can go to McDonald's and get a shamrock shake in lieu of brushing my teeth in the morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Or, you know, you can have an excuse to eat dessert all day, but they spike it, you know, like right. with whiskey or Guinness. So, you, you know, you could be a little bit inebriated all day long at work and just be in your happy place. <laughs> there is Which a is bar. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. There is a bar called, um, I'm going to say Angelo's or Andre's. I'm sorry, Andre's in Key West, Florida. And they start celebrating St. Patrick's Day. I'm going to say like February 15th, as soon as they oh, pull wow. the Valentine's Day stuff down. And it stays up there right until about Easter. And they will turn every cocktail nice. they can green. 
everybody's fine with green cocktails. Right. The second they start offering you like, you know, green sandwiches or any of this other stuff, I can see the people at the bar. I've been down to Key West a few times. You can see the people at the bar just pull back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if it's something innocuous, like we threw a ton of dried parsley in our breading for chicken tenders. No. <laughs> that kind of toothpaste green color that seems to signify St. Patrick's Day, um, not a big seller. So if you're listening to this show in ho- and you have a business and you're hoping to maybe pick up tips from Jim on you know, cooking or how to hire someone or if you're picking up tips on me to sort of how to you know, get someone's attention um, – don't <laughs> turn your food yes. that bright green color. Yeah. I mean, have fun with it. Eggs. I've seen people do it with eggs, and I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm repulsed by that. I'm like, well, I don't want to. It's a Dr. Seuss thing. It's a Dr. Seuss thing. I know, but, but I totally am. I mean, there's a restaurant. I'm not going to name it, but you're going to know it um, <laughs> that, that does that. And hey. I'm just like, why would you put that on your menu? That does not look appetizing. Perkins, take that off your menu right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question about the whole St. Patrick's Day thing because it almost always falls within Lent and many Irish are, are <laughs> Catholic and, you know, uh, religious. How does, how do they, how do you reconcile the whole, like they give up Catholicism <laughs> for Lent? Cause that's what I do. <laughs> I, my favorite thing. They, I mean, they my, go to church afterwards and they say a bunch of Hail Marys. Right. <laughs> I mean, my, my, cause working in the restaurant industry most of my life, like I, I always thought it was funny and I, I've been, I'm not currently religious, but I've been, and, um, I just, I always think it's funny. Like <laughs> it's not a hobby. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I used to like the flyers and now I don't, now I do again. Um, but, uh, I, I always think it's funny in the restaurant business cause it'd be Lent and people would come in and, uh, order shrimp quesadillas. And I feel like that's not denying yourself anything. Like, what Lent is right. supposed to be like, uh, you're going to go and like, have a decadent. Right. Food. I have given up a Just million dollars for Lent. Yeah. I'm no longer going to accept I think it was Rachel dollars. Ray a couple years ago on a on a satellite radio show. She said she did like a whole seafood show and she said, Look, I gotta tell you, not eating meat on Friday, you're not really making any sacrifices. <laughs> you know what I mean? She was doing a recipe for some kind of like right. crab lasagna, you know what right. I mean? And I'm thinking, it's you know still what? Decadent, like- I'll pass on my ham and cheese sandwich for Rachel Ray's crab spicy lasagna. And another person just recently said that too. Like, hold on a second. And I think this was like 2018. We're still giving up foods. Yeah. Assuming that's going to get us a pass, that's true. No matter how terrible we behave or act or things we think or say, <laughs> but you know what? I had fish sticks on Friday, right. so I'm good. Right? No, <laughs> I don't think it works that way. And real quick, uh, during our trivia show last week at Samosa, we found out that 2012 uh, California or Los Angeles uh, made it Meatless Monday, and that's actually in their law. So. Like, no matter what, the restaurants are meatless? <laughs> yeah, I'd be Dillinger in Los Angeles. I would, be, I would be driving out of there, going to find a restaurant that isn't but, within. But Meatless, Mon- <laughs> meatless Monday came from that uh, action. I'd be curious to know how, how they enforce and, and oh, how strict they are with but, that. Uh, that was actually <laughs> official. Fries open your burrito. And I'd be eating a hot dog while I was trying to figure out And it's Meatless details. Monday 2012. They put it into their uh, whatever ordinance or whatever. Well, we've kicked this around a little bit. We've talked about the soda tax in Philadelphia. We've yeah. talked about other states and other cities that have kind of tr- tried to mandate these bizarre behaviors. Yeah. And it never works. And it always winds up hurting, not to be a downer on the show, but it always winds up hurting like vendors. Yeah. And it yeah. inconveniences citizens. Yep. Um, in Atlantic City for a while, they were trying to regulate boardwalk food sales. There's tons of people that... Predominantly people who work in the casinos. Right. Same in Las Vegas with those casinos. Food trucks, 
local food. That's where your employees eat. Because I'm going to be honest with you, billion-dollar companies, you're not paying your wage slaves nearly enough. So they got to run out and find a taco truck or run out to a boardwalk um, down um, the river walk in San Antonio. Uh, They have a kind of like a faux boardwalk in Myrtle Beach. This is where all those hotel employees, um, beauty parlor employees, all these places, this is where they go to eat because they can get something to eat for, you know. So when you guys pass all these rules and laws about we're going to do this, we're going to do that, think about that for a second. Who are you really helping? You're inconveniencing the citizenry, and you're really kind of sticking it in the neck of, you know, like like a prep cook or pantry help or, you know, like a server. You know, he or she's got like 20 minutes to get something to eat. And we have to end the segment, but I want to just real quick, uh, Philadelphia has 20,000 buses that can go right out of the city and home, so... I don't know who to so to te- You know what I mean? You can go to you can uh, go to Bucks yeah. County on. Uh, but it hurt it hurt local vendors right. because <clears throat> people were going to Jersey to get their when soda. When that first and, was passed, or, we, or I was on the bus with a guy with a whole cart yeah. shopping cart with the. Soda. Didn't they also tax the fruit juices too? Yes, yeah, it was like, yeah. It was like sugar a, And sometimes I will see like usually it's a mom right. and a couple little kids and they're on the Paco train coming back. Going yeah, back into Philly exactly. from, you know, someplace in Jersey. Right. And the Padco takes you right there. Real quick, and I'm going to give you one last thought. Uh, Dining on a Dime gives you budget tips. We're going to do it every week before segment three. And my budget tip for today is use rebate apps such as Walmart Savings Catcher and Receipt Catcher. And that'll help you save money. And... Pay with cash instead of credit cards when you're going grocery shopping. That'll help you uh, spend less money. Final thought, Amherst. Um, I was just pulling up like the the number one cities that uh, St. Patty's Day is is going to be celebrated. Okay. Uh, Boston, I'm a right? li- no. I was a little bit surprised. It was not Boston. It was Chicago, Illinois. Oh, hey now. That's interesting. Right? I mean, it's... Just because of the Green River, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 take our break. We're coming back. John Cole's going to talk uh, St. Patty's Day also. Planning a visit to Philadelphia? Then go to www.phillyrestaurantreviews.com and take our audio food tour, where we show you where to find the real best in Philly restaurants without the tourist traps of other food tours. The average price of a Philly food tour is $40 per person. Our tour, only $5, and you can put it on up to five separate devices. This saves a family of five an average of $195. Okay, we are back. Uh, Segment three is going to be John Cole. Segment four will be our beer segment with uh, Matt. Matt did an excellent job during the Craft Beer Festival. Uh, I just found out today that Matt has his own podcast and never promoted it on our show. We're like the number one show, and I never knew that. Really? Uh, he's had his own podcast for like two years. We'll talk about Matt, it today. dude, wake up. Yeah, right. We're the number one show. I don't know why he's not sharing. Pimp yourself, uh, my friend. <laughs> uh, so John Cole, also St. Patty's Day, because when you guys are listening to this, uh, St. Patty's Day is a couple days away. Go ahead, John. Yeah, um, today is what? The... Eighth, so we're like nine days away from St. Patrick's Day. If you've downloaded this and listened December, you know, eh, I can't help you that much. But (laughs) there are certain things that you should consider going out for St. Patrick's Day. Now, people that consider themselves members of the drinking society, uh, whiskey societies, various beer clubs, they generally tend not to go out on St. Patrick's Day. Because just like New Year's Eve, it's like amateur it's night. A, it's yeah. like amateur night. It, everybody goes out. People are intoxicated by 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, unfortunately, not all of them are taking rideshare services home. You know what I mean? Uh, so plan out. And I know this is going to sound like me plan stuff out. It's like I never give anybody this advice. But if you're going to go out for St. Patrick's Day. Now, you know, if, if you're hearing this podcast and you're 20 in a dorm room, right. just you know, go out with your friends. Try not to kill anybody or yourself. <laughs> but if you're a little bit older and maybe you want to go out with a significant other or maybe go out and try to find an insignificant other, <laughs> um, you still kind of want to plan things a little bit. Once you get into a bar, it's hard to get out. I never had a problem with that. Uh, if I was in for the duration, I was in for the duration. 
Um, but there are bars, especially in cities like Boston, that once you get in, and if you're fortunate enough to get a seat, leaving isn't always an option. Uh, locally, we have a bar called McGillan's that is packed into an alley. World famous for world famous one of the oldest. But um, people travel all over the country to when they, they hit Philly, they hit McGillan's. But once you get into McGillan's, it's not easy to get out. The alley fills up. Um, it's called, you know, ironically, Drury Lane or Drury Street, I guess. Um, it's hard to get out. And so you should consider, just like New Year's Eve, people go to New York from all over the country and all over the world. You get into Times Square, you're kind of there for the duration. So you should kind of think about a little bit what exactly you want out of your St. Patrick's Day. Um, you, you know, do you want to just go out, have a few drinks and shots with your friends and go on your day? That's totally fine. But if you really plan on, you know, damaging your liver on that day, and I recommend almost everybody should do that at least once a year, <laughs> um, you know, consider, consider how you're getting home, consider. And then you always hear these horror stories the next day mm -hmm. on social media about, you know, I woke up in Boston on March 18th. <clears throat> I live in South Jersey. <laughs> I was just going to say, though, like, if you really don't want to put thought into it, there's also pub crawls that you can join. You know, yeah. so you go to a bus and the bus takes yeah. you around to the different pubs. You know, they choose for you, but you can get as liquored up as you want. The second place. If, by the time you hit the second place, will you really care what they've chosen? Probably not. <laughs> and you can hit your local Facebook group. Um, it doesn't matter what city you're in. Most of most major cities or even small towns, forget that. Everybody has some sort of local Facebook group. And someone at that group will be promoting a pub crawl yeah. on St. Patrick's exactly. Day. That's absolutely correct. Just like someone will be promoting some sort of New Year's Eve get-together. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's local. Sometimes it's off to the city. Um, but... Using Facebook as a resource to drink might not be exactly what Mark Zuckerberg and those guys had in mind. But, it, but I, don't, I don't care, dude. Um, I know that a very good friend of mine from South Jersey now lives in Arizona. She absolutely lives and dies by her area. She lives in Tempe and her area um, Facebook group. Fourth of July, St. Patrick's Day, they basically make all her plans and they all have all these sort of groups. You run a bus or motor coach, I guess they call it when yeah. they're that size, and they go off somewhere for concerts, whatever. St. Patrick's Day is one of these kinds of days, holidays, where you really want to take advantage of that. If you are not an organizer, if you are not a planner, find someone who is. Um, there is someone sitting at this table who, for their 20th St. Patrick's Day, awakened in a train station in Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> he was not from Boston, Massachusetts. He was, in fact, from South Jersey. And he was at a loss to explain how he woke up at a train station in Boston. Uh, thankfully, the people in Boston were very nice. Um, you know, they helped me get it on a schedule <laughs> that I could get back. To I love how you're like, there's somebody. They table. helped me. Um, and because it's a drinking story, like all of us were like, is it me? Is it, I know, right? Oh, but it's true, though. I woke up referencing a man and I'm like, is it me? <laughs> um, a very nice cleaning woman nudged me at about 715 in the morning at a train station in, in Boston and was like, Sir, are you okay? I, I can just see how that went down. <laughs> We're going to Boston. That's exactly how it was. I lost a shoe. Um, so, you know, imagine here I am and I'm in, you know, my hair has got green streaks in it. I used to kind of have like this three-quarter mohawk thing going. And I've got my usual kind of like flip-flops and khaki shorts and a hockey jersey. And everything's got splashed green everywhere. And I got to imagine, you know, it had been at least 24 hours since I had a shower. So the people of Boston, they could have just, you know, like right. tased me and threw me in a cage. <laughs> but they were nice enough and probably smart enough to get me on a train. They knew exactly where to send you. They, they send you to, back to Jersey. They sent me back to Jersey. And, it was, you know, Without now it's asking. a funny story. <laughs> explaining it to your employer on March 18th. Well, I should say, ex trying to explain it to my former employer on right. March 18th. Right. <laughs> That, that, that didn't work out so well. But, you know, the moral of that story is think about it. 
plan it out a little bit. Think about where you want to go. Some people do things more formally. You know what I mean? They'll try to find like authentic. Right. Most of the, what we tend to think of as Irish bars in this country are Irish American. Nothing wrong with that. However, if you're looking for a more authentic Irish experience, um, there is an authentic Irish restaurant in Atlantic City. There's one in Baltimore, and I'm not even going to pronounce, try to pronounce it because it's like A-E-O-I-N-L-F <laughs> or something. Um, just go, you know, if you're in that area or if you want to go there, just, you know, put Authentic Irish Restaurant Baltimore. It'll pop right up. Right. Um, in Philadelphia, we've got a few Authentic Irish pubs where it's soccer and it's Irish Boxty for breakfast. I was going to bring up Boxty uh, Irish Boxty yeah. for breakfast. And there's my favorite, and people look at me. So let me just be super clear. People followed me for a long time. No, McGillan's is my favorite bar in right. Philadelphia. But McGillan's is very much an Irish American bar. My favorite Irish bar in this country is in San Diego, and it's called oh. the Field. Okay, and it's in the Gas Lamp District. Nice. And they are as about authentic an Irish pub as I've seen in this country. They literally brought the stonework over from Ireland and assembled it in San Diego. Irish boxty, rashers of bacon, the kind of things that what Irish really have for breakfast, what the Irish really eat. Um, people don't even realize, you know, people think it's all corned beef or whatever. No, they have amazing seafood. You know, Ireland, sort of an island, you know, they're surrounded by water. They, yeah. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of really good seafood things they do with like mussels and pe things that people just don't know anything about. I would suggest... Of course, if you just want to get your green beer and, you know, green nachos, knock yourself out. Man. Yeah, I mean, my non-authentic idea is um, a place called Tilted Kilt. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a perfect example. I've been there with Amherst yep. before. We've... Uh, we had um, some Guinness mashups. Yeah, it was we pretty had the, shocking when I went there the first. Time. It's basically tilt I, the kilt. Tilt is uh, Irish Hooters is essentially yeah, what that, it yeah. is. It's like a, it's like a Celtic can, Hooters. It really is. Any guy can go there um, and enjoy the beers and the scenery. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's a good point. But you know what though? They I've noticed their menu though, and they've been like a lot of the chains that are across this country now. They're trying to move a little bit more to better food. Yeah. When I first started doing radio, internet radio podcasts about seven or eight years ago, I'll admit, I hit some of these chain places pretty hard, and their food deserved it, because it was terrible. But little by little, chains are starting to crop up, more like mini chains or micro chains, that, and they're trying to up their food game. They're trying their best to not have terrible food. And I think, in all fairness, you know, St. Patrick's Day is a day, tons of people are going to go out. And like I said, if you really want your green beer and nachos, I'm not going to tell you not to get green nachos. And there's a lot of famous foods. There's. So it's not just alcohol, it's food also. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but there's tons of Irish bars. Every city is an Irish bar where somebody is mixing. Cheese whiz and green food, <laughs> and you and and you are gonna be getting green nachos. I'm just telling you right now, they're gonna be there. Um, I've been to several across different cities in this country, Austin, Texas, with their 0.1% Irish population. They somehow find a way to turn tortillas green on that day and so i gotta believe you know like all the mexican grandmothers are making the face yeah. like what did you put in <laughs> yeah, probably like, i think probably the number one thing said on saint patrick's day is do i have something green in my teeth yeah <laughs> and the answer there. is always yes it's yes <laughs> on that day it's absolutely going to be yes but i, I you, feel like if they're going to have something with tortillas in it they should just have sofrito that is green mm. like a green yeah. salsa or, yeah. yeah and that's the other thing i was going to talk about and jim I don't know how much of this you do on St. Patrick's Day, the various places, because Jim's cooking range literally goes from our friend's hot dog from joint hot in dogs. the mall yeah. to, you know, uh, Royal Boucherie, which I'm not really allowed to go in because I don't know anything about food. <laughs> but, um, so I, there are actual foods that can be made on that day that aren't gross. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you can, you if you really want to have that green theme, there's no reason you can't blitz up a pesto and toss it in some pasta. Yeah. And it looks really good. Uh, locally, there's a bar known every year for doing some kind of like arugula, basically whatever greens haven't gone bad, they throw in a blender with some olive oil and seasoning and they toss their breakfast fried potatoes in it. 
and um, it, it tastes pretty good. Um, so there are things you can have. One of the things I get all the time are, are there any food options for St. Patrick's Day that aren't disgusting, by which they mean they've been dyed a horrible color or green? <laughs> sure. There's tons of stuff out there. Just like there are alcoholic drinks that are green in nature. <clears throat> right, yeah. exactly. And so you don't have to have that food dye in the... Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I'm just checking to see if Matt uh, is is he on... Uh... Matt right. doesn't even promote his own podcast. We're not going to put him on ours. So before we go to break, and then we'll give it back to you, I just want to give people two more tips. We're dining on a dime. I want to make sure everyone knows when they listen to the show, we're thinking budgets. Uh, so two budget tips is use a calculator while you're grocery shopping so you can find out that you're not overspending or know that you're Oh, there goes our Acme sponsorship. Thanks, you, you, man. You, you throw the calculator at the, the cashier, and then you just push your cart. <laughs> and also, <laughs> another good tip is uh, cook things that you can freeze. You know what I mean? If you you can make a big uh, bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, we've talked about that a bunch yeah. of times. Portion control, yeah. meal prep. Right. Um, that's really, you know, we joke around a lot. But if you're serious about trying to save some money, sure. make something in a big oven pan. And then absolutely you know, not only that, but you can also buy food in bulk and, you know, certain foods in bulk and freeze it uh, straight from the grocery store, like shredded cheese, yeah. never whole cheese. Absolutely. That'll crack. But um, if you do that with shredded cheese or, you know, something like lunch meat, I've heard you can yeah. put into the freezer. Um, absolutely. You know, it's true. People money. will go to Costco. They'll get like the eight and a half pound thing of turkey pastrami. There's no reason why you can't split that in half pound absolutely. packages in a Ziploc bag. Um, and throw them in the freezer and take them out as you need them. I mean, granted, if something sits in your freezer for three or four months, it's, it's not going to be as good. It's not going to be as right. good. It's, it's going to lose a little. You know, let's be honest. If you're trying to save money, you know, I mean, yeah, sure, you always want to eat well or as best as you can, but, right. you know, sometimes sacrifices have to be made a little bit. Absolutely. Exactly. And close your St. Patty's Day uh, comment. What is your final thought? Well, like you said, we are dining on a dime. And I referenced earlier Facebook groups. They will generally let you know what bars have what specials. Exactly. You know what I mean? They will let you know our St. Patrick's Day. Most bars in this country, your green beer is a dollar for the first glass. Right. Because, you know, it's made out of like, you know, Bud Light or some other engine cleaner. <laughs> and by the time you get to your third or fourth beer, you won't care that it's $7 a glass. Absolutely. <clears throat> And you won't care what color it is. Okay, well, let's go to break. And when we come back, Jim Hess, I believe you said you're talking Irish potatoes? Yeah. All right. We'll go to break. We'll be right back. You can follow Dining on a Dime on Facebook at facebook.com. That's uh, forward slash Dining on a Dime, the number one. On Twitter at Dining on a Dime, the number one. Instagram, KJW1972. And for sponsorship opportunities, starting as low as $200 per episode, email us at diningonadime at yahoo.com. Okay, we are back. Jim Hassan, Irish Potatoes. Go ahead, buddy. Oh, yeah, I wanted to you know, talk about a few recipes for, yeah, um, for, for St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. Absolutely. And I don't know, I mean, Irish potatoes are a big deal where I'm from uh, outside of Philadelphia because they, they, if you buy Irish potatoes anywhere in the in – the, tri-state area they're all, most of them are going to be the ones that are from delco um and i when i used to be a bakery manager we used to try to make you know a, a reasonable facsimile of those irish potatoes and it's real simple uh there's no baking involved uh you get softened cream cheese now i know why you were a baking <laughs> manager <laughs> <laughs> right uh, you get softened cream cheese uh you can just buy the um, the, the coconut you know the 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 sweet coconut uh, that's in the baking aisle in the store. Um, mix those two things together with some confectioner sugar and some vanilla extract. Uh, get it to a point where you can make little balls out of it, and then roll those balls in cinnamon, and you got Irish potatoes. And they call them that because they look like little potatoes, and they're delicious. Where's the green dye? Does that no go green dye. <laughs> There's nothing. Don't some people like put the uh, coconut around it too? I well, the, the coconut is in it. Um, not around it because it has to look like a potato. Like you roll it in the, um, mm. you roll it in the cinnamon, so it looks like an actual. Yeah, the coconut potato. goes in the cream cheese, it's in and the, then you mix get, the coconut yeah. in the cream cheese, and and uh, you know with the confectionery sugar and the and the vanilla, and you. Well, now, and I've that. had I've had some of those where they're just like 
obnoxiously sugary like i'll they're eat sweet. them yeah, yeah they're yeah. really really sweet and i'm like i wish they would dial that down a bit well that's a local thing that has really spread though um i've seen them in myrtle beach for saint during saint patrick's yeah, and, I, and i wish I, sh- I wish i had looked up you know, the origin of it because i know they're they're big in delaware county like if you buy those i o ryan's is the big mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah the big ones um nationally though i've seen them as far as indianapolis mm-hmm. wow so yeah yeah i was in indianapolis maybe 10 years ago how about that and i was there for a food truck thing and it was like maybe march 15th right and we stopped into a place to grab you know, beverages or whatever for hitting the hotel. And right there at the register was Irish potatoes. And I was like, really? Because I just assumed they were kind of like a Philly, South Jersey area type thing. You Mm. know, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know if you would see them as far as like Maryland, but they're at all the rest stops this time of year in like whatever gift shop is there. I've seen them in Myrtle Beach. I've seen them in Indianapolis. And because so many of us live in Florida now, they are all over Central Florida, hmm. all the way from Orlando to Tampa. Um, I'm March tends to be my favorite month to vacation, generally because everybody else is hard at work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the places I go to tend not to be very busy. Um, I've seen them. I've been in like, you know, like hardcore Cuban like sandwich stands, and in their little packaged food area by the register. I will see Irish potatoes. Mm, yeah, they're good. So yeah. these things have traveled pretty far and wide. Well, I mean, they're delicious. Yeah. What's not to like? It's, it's cinnamon, popular. coconut, cream cheese, sugar. <laughs> um, you know, we're not really, you know. Well, I feel like any anytime somebody comes to our area to visit from some somewhere else, they'll be introduced to it. But also think about how many people from our area have, have flown south, yep. have gone to California. Yep. You know, we're going to introduce it, too, because we're like, we like our sugar. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think companies like Gold Belly. Exist because of that now. People live in an area and they move to an area, a different area. We are way more migratory than we used to be even like 40 or 50 years ago. Um, People think nothing of taking someone's from Chicago or Philadelphia or New York, and they think nothing of taking a job in Atlanta or Dallas or Phoenix because, hey, you know, that's just what I did. Those things 50 years ago, people just didn't do that. Um, Not in the numbers that they do now. So you get. New Yorkers looking for, you know, their dirty water dogs in Phoenix. And you get Chicagoans looking for their deep dish pizza in New Orleans. And that's where you get this kind of widespread of food. One of the questions we got asked a lot when I did a radio show with Tony Luke, we have people call in from all over and they would say, are you surprised at how the cheesesteak is now kind of everywhere? Now, granted, eh, let's be honest, it gets misused a lot. Um, I've seen it on everything. Oh, New from, York, I had the worst cheesesteak. I've seen oh, it yeah. on everything from Texas toast to hamburger buns. But the idea of the cheesesteak is that genie is out of the bottle. <laughs> that is everywhere. I mean, I'm I'm a Comic-Con two years ago, and they're doing cheesesteak tacos on food trucks down by the water. Wow. Um, when you kind of get that sort of... You know, I guess saturation, penetration, dispersal, whatever you want to call it, your food is really global. Yeah. And I think the Irish potato, now that's starting to happen with sweets as mm -hmm. well as. um, They travel good too. Yeah, they travel really well. St. Louis's butter cake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, now all of a sudden, you know, it, it, there's butter cakes in like Wawa, and then I'm down in Florida, and they're down at Publix, and I'm like, really? Well, hold okay. on, butter cakes? Yeah, I right. love <laughs> butter cakes. Okay, You're talking- <laughs> Matt, we do have Matt on the phone. Oh, he took I, too long. I want to make sorry. sure. I just want to make sure he knows. <laughs> you, uh, maybe he's got his own podcast. And, and you right, mentioned every, butter cakes. <laughs> every, every week we will have a craft beer segment. I was stunned yesterday. This place was sold out. VIP was sold out. Regular general admission was sold out for the Philly Craft Beer Festival. Matt, you got a couple minutes. What's up, pal? Uh, Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, Yeah, the uh, Philly Craft Beer Festival yesterday, it was uh, really incredible. And I think for everyone there, uh, it was really just a, a great showing of how great a beer city, sort of Philadelphia, has become. There were, I think, 150 
uh, different beers on tap. Uh, we talked to uh, a bunch of awesome breweries. I know we had uh, Maniunk come by. Maniunk Brewery. Uh, Wissahickon. Wissahickon yep. and Double Knot. Yeah. We're kind enough to uh, give us their nickel. time. Yeah. Double Nickel, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah they they uh, they were awesome. Yeah, they uh, we were happy to have them all come by and talk to them. That was great. And really, I know one of the things that I saw. <laughs> Matt, you sound like of, you're still feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely lost my voice and lost yeah. a bit of uh, lost a little bit of sleep. And Matt but has done trends, an outstanding well, job. You did an outstanding job during the craft beer show. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, I think one of the trends that we picked up on while we were there is uh, the sort of idea of these uh, the sour beers? IPAs and these lactose beers. Right. Yeah. Uh, these, these are the ones that are, they started, you know, it's sort of a New England style where they're nice and hazy and they have that little bit of lactose added in. And now everyone is doing, because I know you guys were talking about, you know, Irish potatoes traveling or butter cakes coming from the Midwest. That's okay. the newest, biggest thing that's coming from, uh, I guess, the Northeast right now. And it's sort of permeating its way all the way through. Because uh, traditionally, the IPA is done in a more West Coast style. But right now, New England uh, seem to be the beer that's sort of gaining ground the most in that area. Right. Well, my, uh, Laverne and Shirley were doing milk and Pepsi for since <laughs> the 70s. <laughs> Go ahead, well, Matt. I highly doubt that they're actually doing that. <laughs> Matt, I can only get, we can only give you two more minutes because we have Jim Hassan finishing up. Go ahead, pal. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, another thing that I noticed or I said I would have observed is uh, chocolate and chilies is always a classic combination in terms of a dessert or a cake or anything like that. But I saw a ton of that uh yesterday as well i know there was one in particular it was from crowded castle uh which was probably amongst my favorite of all the ones that i tried yesterday so those would be two things that i would say to look out for from philadelphia area breweries the milkshake style ipas or the new england's and anytime you can get chilies and chocolate in a stout Absolutely. For that, Absolutely. And Matt, there's a guy who does a beer podcast. Do you know who that might be? Does Matt Maratea uh, well, have a beer podcast? That's the question. Uh, yes, I do. I have a. Let's a promote and that, beer Matt. Podcast. Let's promote yeah. that. You're on a very huge uh, platform. Promote your podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I talk uh, in generally uh, Philly sports, and then I also do my very own. Uh, beer review every week. Uh, I have one. I try it. Uh, I usually tell you some background info on the brewery or anything like that. That's going to be the Sporting Chance podcast, uh, usually a weekly update. I know uh, this week I've got a beer in the fridge uh, from Concha Hawken Brewery that I'm really excited nice. uh, to try out as well. And how can yeah, I listen to your podcast, forward. Matt? You're on a huge platform. Let's talk about it. how can I get it? How can I watch, uh, listen to it? Uh, you can follow me on social media at the Sport Chance Pod, uh, Twitter and Instagram. That's uh, where all the updates are. And it is on iTunes and uh, all of the other platforms iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, I listened yeah. this morning. I listened this morning. I listened to you this morning. I loved it. So that's great. Uh, Matt, we'll talk to you. Awesome. In- Thank you. Yeah, I, I love the podcast. It's a lot, very informative, and I love the sports talk also. Matt, have a great two weeks. We'll talk to you in two weeks, pal. Thanks. Talk to you soon. All right, pal. Jim Hassan, continue for two a minute and a half. Uh, Hold on a second. We got to mention that Matt was wasted during that <laughs> segment. He's still drinking from that beer fest. Come on now. Matt did he was it. having fun, and he's still having he's fun. Still having I'll fun. tell you right now, Matt did an outstanding job. It's a little job. thing called coasting. We yeah. <laughs> the Craft Beer sh- uh, Festival show is outstanding, and he did great. Go ahead, Jim Hassan. So, one minute. Yeah, so not a lot of time left. So I, uh, John brought it up earlier, and I think a lot of people don't know what this is. Um, the box tea is an amazing Irish food. Essentially, a boxy is based as a potato pancake, almost like a burrito or a um, an omelet, but it's made with a potato pancake. Okay. So you just take a potato pancake, put out whatever you want in there: cheese, bacon, eggs, and then you kind of roll it up and then you know uh, eat it like that. Um, 
I don't have a specific recipe for it, but um, I know that when I make potato pancakes at home, I usually make it with leftover mashed potatoes, and uh, you just kind of like flatten it, get your hands a little wet, flatten it, and then I, um, my, my tip is to, to put it in cornstarch. You kind of like dip the pancake in cornstarch, and you can fry it, and it kind of stays together. Oh, wow. That's, that's actually fantastic. Hmm. I've never heard of a boxty. I, I mean, I before I've, I've eaten them before, but I don't I know. was I was turned on to them at more authentic, like we mentioned earlier, more authentic Irish place. You know, I hate to say it, Irish American bar. You're probably going to get Irish nachos, yeah. right? Um, but real if you, Irish places. If you see a boxty on a menu at an Irish place, order go, two. Yeah, go for it <laughs> because it's have, very good. We have about thirty seconds. What's the deal? Corn, uh, corn beef and cabbage, or ham and cabbage? We used to have ham and cabbage growing uh, up. I would do corn beef. Corn beef. And beef. Oh, yeah. yeah, I used to. I grew up with ham and cabbage. What do you think, John? What is your opinion? Uh, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love corned beef. Um, people, I go to delis. That's my deli go-to sandwich. Okay. There's no there's no time I'm going to say corned beef isn't the right right move. Yeah. Okay. I well, eat corned beef year round, so it's not yeah. even a big deal for. All right, sounds good. And we're going to end the show now. I just want to make sure everyone uh, finds Dining on a Dime on all podcast platforms: Spotify, iHeart, everywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, we are available. Please like, review, and subscribe. We're getting a lot of subscribers lately. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, don't forget, uh, trivia show every Friday at Samosa Vegetarian, 1214 Walnut. Uh, we do it on Facebook Live. It's been a huge hit. So we're going to say goodbye. That was our St. Patrick's Day show. And I want everyone to have a great week. Stay hungry, everybody. You can find Table for One, written by Dining on a Dime's own Kevin Wilson, at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com.